0: With the coronavirus, we thought, hey, let's play the viral hits. First up is the Andromeda Strain, a film from 1971. Here's the tagline. A satellite crashes near a small desert town, bringing with it a deadly alien virus and the science fiction thriller based on Michael Crichton's novel. After the townspeople are wiped out by the contagion, a team of scientists band together to eliminate the virus before it spreads nationwide. My God, there's bodies everywhere. got Dangerous Dave and Johnny Spoiler here. I'll try not to spoil the movie right up front. What I could give you is, we got a link in our podcast notes, you can get a free rental from Redbox. That's pretty cool. I don't think the drama string will be available, but who knows, you'll get like the, I'm sure Contagion has made its way back to the Redbox, because right now everybody's just talking about virus movies, because the corona is like a, what, a pandemic at this point, right?
1: Yeah, I, the last I've seen hasn't been called that. But, oh. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know, dude. Like, I was working at an event at a hotel, like, uh, in, in my day gig, you know? Yeah, that's right, people. It's a Batman-Bruce Wayne situation, you know? Everybody's got a day job, and then they got a passion project like this podcast. Um, And, like, the hotel next door got shut down, because there were, like, 20 cases of, like, people that went from one conference to the next, and they brought it with them. But also, what's interesting is... um. It's spreading pretty fast, but I guess like, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it spreads faster than the regular flu, but it kills less than the regular flu is one of the statistics that I saw, but people are taking it pretty seriously, yeah. um, in other countries anyway, but I've seen like a lot of people posting on Facebook that I know, like there's a, one of the young actors that was in a, a clown pilot that the binge watchers worked on years and years ago was like, uh, she was posting that she went through all these different countries and their airports were like locked down, Everybody had masks on, you know, appropriate gloves, whatever, taking precautions. She could say, like, no gloves, no special precautions, no security clearances. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, America's, like, not with their shit. And, like, I was reading one thing about, like, a case in New Jersey or something. Shout out to New Jersey, by the way. We got a lot of fans in New Jersey. And maybe not after I say this, but this guy in New Jersey or whatever, like, he was, like, quarantined. And then he's like, fuck it. I'll just go to the store. And I'm like, that's the most American thing I've ever heard. You got a fucking highly contagious virus, but you're like, hey, fuck it. I'm going to the store to get Hot Pockets. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like my God, man. Oh, wow. And then, South by Southwest, which is, like, one of the biggest film festivals in the United States, and HBO was, like, their number one sponsor. Like, as soon as HBO backed out, they're like, fuck it. They killed the whole festival. And That's right. Uh, believe it or not, we had a big interview. Like, they're premiering, like, a 4K restoration of this famous... BMX movie that's, like, legendary that people were passing around on, like, you know, like, bootleg VHS tapes and, like, ripping copies online because it was not available. We're talking about Rad. Like, we were gearing up to talk to the filmmakers and maybe, like, one of the cast members and, uh, you know, the publicity people were like, yeah, come down for press day. And I'm like, well, we won't be there for press day. We're not going to be at the actual festival, but, hey, if you're going to release it, like, let the binge-watchers talk about it, you know? Like, we know about this legendary movie, so, yeah, we'll talk to you guys about it. And, like, literally, like, I shared the um, part of the email on Instagram because I was like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, first of all, I didn't want people to think that we made up the interview. You you know what I mean? Like, it is possible. Believe it or not, like, yeah, we're, we're a few degrees removed from Hollywood, but we're still connected to some people. And, and like, it is possible for us to book an interview. <laughs> like, all right. And, and, uh, and uh, oh, my God. Yes yeah, so why I showed this thing because they're like, hey, in light of uh, the pencil, it was like basically like, oh, South by Southwest got canceled, so we don't know how that's going to affect the release. We'll get back to you. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, I didn't think, f- well, first of all, I didn't think like I would get anywhere near coronavirus. And then second of all, I didn't think it would affect my life in any way, shape or form. I definitely think it w- I didn't think it was going to cancel an interview on our show. Such to wit yeah. who would have to plan the month over. Like, basically, everybody, if you're keeping up with the binge watchers, you know that we plan these little seasons now that are, like, a month long and they have themes, and like, Dave's like, hey, let's do, you know, these these crazy, like, extreme sports or, like, these sports movies that are, that, you know, we like or whatever, and we kind of kept to, like, the skating and, and biker theme and that kind of thing, and we were going to do, like, a, you know... Uh, a couple movies like that, like, we we just did Thrashin, that was a pretty great episode, people are digging on yeah. that one, and we were gonna move right into Rad, and then move on to other things like Vision Quest or whatever, and, uh, and then this whole spiraling out of control of, like, people dealing with this coronavirus thing, and it's on, it's on everybody's radar, and it's, like, the only thing that anybody's talking about, and we're, like, yeah, kind of debating with ourselves, like, yeah, maybe we should, like, do some shows about these movies that, that are cropping up on, like, all the streaming services. Like, they loaded, like, Outbreak to, like, all the majors, like, Netflix, Amazon mm. Prime, freaking what, what have you, you know? And I'm like, yeah, maybe we should just do that. And then, um, you can chime in here, Dave, if you want, because you, you're the one who pointed out, like, let's go back to the classic.
1: Well, yeah, there's, like, you know, um, when I think disease or, like, these types of movies, the three come, that come to mind were, uh, Outbreak, like you mentioned, Contagion, yeah. of course, and then, um... The Andromeda Strain, which is the original one from like the seventies. Yeah.
0: Nineteen
1: seventy-one, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Michael Crichton wrote a book like in '69, and then it was like this was a TV movie, right? This wasn't like a theatrical movie, it, right?
1: Well, no, this, this this one that we watched this was a theatrical movie. Oh, okay. it, there was a TV remake in Oh the, yeah, that's right. Two thousand eight like,
0: network or something. Yeah, Brad, what's his name? Um, not Pitt. There was another Brad. Um, <laughs> I think or Benjamin. Oh, Benjamin Bratt, that's his name. Yeah, uh, I've seen that one, I, I remember watching that one too, but the original's much, much better, actually.
1: Um, yeah, I'm surprised how, I mean, um, it's definitely a 70s pace, or it's a seventy. it's, it's definitely a 70s movie, but, um, I don't know, uh, it was definitely old school, I, I appreciated a lot of the uh, split screen and the, uh, some of those effects.
0: Oh, dude, you gotta give it up to the editor on this movie, well, you gotta give it up to two people, really. I think it won uh, an Oscar for Best Production Design. Like, they, they pulled out all the stops on this base that they made. And also, um, the editing, yeah, the split-screen technique, which I hadn't seen in a movie before at that time. They did some really fascinating things using split-screen as a way to tell the story, which is a really cool editing technique for the time. Um, I'm getting pretty excited, but I'm also excited to tell you some other things. So let's take a, a, a break here real quick, a brief word about some awesome offers stars is the app for tv movies and more you can watch current and past seasons of stars original series today's best movies like spider-man far from home that's streaming right now and other favorites wherever whenever and as much as your heart desires it's all right here and it's all yours just watch on a computer or download on a smartphone or tablet and start the obsession past and present seasons of stars original series plus movies currently on our channels are right there at your fingertips you can just find your passion and hit play right now if you grab the link in our podcast notes, you can get three months of stars for only five bucks. Three months of stars, five bucks. Or check this out: you can try Redbox if you only want to watch. Maybe you just want a one night stand. Boom! Try Redbox, get a free one night DVD rental in the podcast notes, or follow the offers under our website. And there's one more thing I want to tell you about before we get back to our discussion. Alamo Drafthouse Victory Rewards Program is a great way to get deals on Bogo movie tickets. They're available a week after joining. They're available on select films and select markets. That's Alamo Victory. It's Alamo Draft House's free rewards program. Every member enjoys at least three free movies a year, plus surprise awards. Again, we got a deal on Stars, a deal on Redbox, and if you love the Alamo, which is a cool way to experience movies, they go behind the scenes as they make a whole evening out of it. It's not just going to like a regular theater. I've done it myself. I did it with a Tarantino movie recently, and it's pretty exciting. Um, grab the show notes and you'll get either stars for three months for five bucks, try the red box or join the, uh, Alamo victory Rewards program. If you're a binge watcher, you're about to have overload, but it's going to be great. All right. Back to the show, as they say, um, yeah, the editing's, editing's crazy. Um, I was going to write down the editor's name. I didn't get a chance to, but the idea of them using small frames or like cutting the film. So it looked like split screen. I don't even know what technique they used back then, because back then they're doing like what? They're they're still doing like reel to reel. They're still like uh, or splicing film, right? We're talking about early '70s, so they're splicing film in the in yeah. Main Bay, right? Yeah. Man, so that's not cool. <clears> that's a hand by hand technique, folks, which is pretty insane. The last time I saw that was in that uh, that documentary about that filmmaker and um, what's his name. Where is, where is he from? American movie. Where is uh, Mark Beauchard from?
1: Oh, uh, like Minnesota or yeah, somewhere. Yeah, so
0: somewhere in the Midwest. And, like, he was doing, like, you know, he was cutting frames of film and splicing them together.
1: Yeah, that's uh, how they do it back then, though. I mean, they'd still...
0: The film process.
1: Just have a lot of patience.
0: So, this movie, it's kind of a slow burn, but it it's also... I mean, I guess you could call it a thriller, but they have this, like... The threat, or the presence, is the Andromeda strain, which is like this um, biological agent that comes down from a crashed satellite. And Mm -hmm. you don't ever really... I mean, it's not, like, tangible, right? Because it's microscopic. But it spreads so fast that that becomes the threat. And the expediency of the threat is kind of, like, what builds up the tension and kind of turns it into a thriller. But what's cool is, like, how the movie just gets, like, right into it. You go right to the town, and... um, it was really disturbing how they did the radio dispatch. Like, they showed you the military base, and then that one sergeant, like, got the call over the radio, and the two guys were in the van, but you didn't see them. But you just heard them, like, as they slowly approach the town, as they encounter somebody who's sick, and then, like, then the radio goes dead, and, like, you hear a scuffle, and so your imagination is just peaked, right? Like, you're like, yeah, my God, like, what just happened? And then, like, and the people in the military base, they don't know what to do, and then they go to, like, a protocol book, right? They take out a book. And then they call the guy who supposedly developed this whole, like, emergency response procedure for biological situations, right? And that's that first doctor that they go and pick up with the military police, right? And, um, I, I should have kept the doctor's names, because I can't remember them. I just remember Dr. Ruth, who's the lady. But I'll get into that in a little while, while I remember who Dr. Ruth is. So, who's, who's a male in the book, by the way? It's Dr. Peter and not not Dr. Ruth. Huh. Um, but anyway, so they pick up like this little special team that's been setting up this emergency response to is it extraterrestrial problems or is it just any biological things outside of like the scope of normal military? I mean, I guess the impression is it's a special response team, right? Yeah. Cuz they have like biohazard suits on that look like astronaut suits a little bit. I mean, definitely 60s style like, you know, uh, biohazard suits. Yeah. So the, the guy who's the specialist who developed this top secret program goes and gets what he thinks is like the best of the best, I guess. There's one guy who studies animal organisms and he does like autopsies later in the movie. There's a lady who just studies like the microbiology. Then there's a regular doctor who's just supposed to be good at general medicine, I guess, but he's well regarded. So they pick him up. And so him and the doctor get dropped in the town and they're like walking through the bodies, which is kind of disturbing. Like, that's what I love about the movie, like right away, like just being and you can jump in any time, Dave. I know I'm talking a lot because I'm just really excited about this one. No,
1: it's a great movie. yeah.
0: Yeah. Just like walking through that town with like all the dead bodies. Like I would say like most of the cast in this movie is just playing a dead body. But they're setting up this whole scenario where the whole town is dead. The only other movie I can think of that I've seen is that movie, like, Phantoms, which is a Dean Kuntz novel, and, like, Ben Affleck and oh, Rose yeah. McGowan, like, in the 90s. Where the town gets eaten by that monster, which is supposed to be the origin for what happened to the people at Roanoke, Rhode Island, right?
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: But it's kind of like that. They're walking around in their hazmat suits, and, like, you don't hear anything until you hear a baby crying. And so they go into one of the houses, and they find a baby. But they also seen people that, like, weren't affected right away, that decided to commit suicide. So that's uh, the other disturbing part. They found, like, a lady hanging, and another yeah, guy, like, drowned himself a in a bathtub, right? Yeah. So you're kind of going, like, Cam. So they don't just get attacked by whatever this thing is. They also, like, go crazy a little bit. And yeah. then um, they're, like, trying to evacuate the baby in a helicopter. And then the old man comes out with a cleaver, and you're like, oh, shit, the doctor's going to get it. There's no, like, the, he's going to take out the doctor because the doctor's, like, trying to calm him down. They didn't go that way, but, like, I guess I've just seen so many movies that you just feel like, okay, this is it. He's going to, like, rip a hole in the doctor's suit, and the doctor's out of this movie. But, um, but it doesn't happen. Um, we can call him Dr. Boner, I guess. We can come up with nicknames, because I can't remember the names of I didn't write down the names of the people, so there's, we'll call the guy who created the whole thing Dr. Program. There's Dr. Uh, Dr. Autopsy. Um, uh, Dr. Ruth. And then we'll call him Dr. Boner because he's, like, just looking for somebody to fuck. And, 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 like, at one point he's trying to have sex with a voice that announces all the announcements at the base. Well, they, okay, they have this underground bunker that they call Project Wildfire. And it has, like, eight different levels. And there's a computer simulation on what to do on each level. And there's two keys to set off a nuclear bomb in case the base is compromised. They're going to nuke themselves. And... Yeah, and then it proceeds from there because they, they take the contamination to study it back to the space. The baby's still alive, so is the crazy old man, and they put him in the, Does it make any sense that they put them in the same room together? I, I, I
1: guess uh, just because you want to basically uh, put your uh, infected together, hmm. or I don't know, that's... Uh, but it just feels like you drive that guy crazy.
0: He's gonna, Uh, yeah, like, he's gonna strangle a baby is what I'm thinking, like. But they explain, they
1: explain why, like, you know, they, like, he and that kid are the ones that, uh, are, like, not so susceptible.
0: Yeah, but that's later in Uh, the plot. Like, first they gotta figure out what it is, how it forms, whether it's alive or not, and what it's up to. Takes them a long time to figure that out. There's like a seventy-two hour period of lore. The movie's like cranking down, like four days into like this investigation, nobody's sleeping. Yeah. They have all these tests that they're doing, and it kills the animals like instantly. The the rats die in like two seconds, the monkey dies in like ten seconds. Then at one point yeah. the like autopsy is infected, and they're and then the doctor's like playing out his theories, like, Oh, you gotta breathe faster. It has something to do with the way you're breathing. And they're like, Oh no, it has nothing to do with the way you're breathing. It has to do with like whether your blood ha- has this much alkaline in it, or you don't have alkaline, or blah, 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 you know, and they're, like, trying to, like, literally figure this out. And then, um, I mean, at one point, the doctor is climbing through, this is where they have, like, the ticking time bomb, right? We've talked about this before, like, how everything in the 70s was, like, there's a bomb in a briefcase. Yeah. And, like, so so the countdown comes into this movie, and at one point, the doctor's climbing a ladder, and it's really disturbing, he gets burned by lasers. <laughs> But yes. they do like a they do this thing where you feel like that's exactly what a human body would feel like if it got burned by lasers. You'd be disoriented, it'd feel like radiation poisoning, you wouldn't know like your head from your tail. Um it burns a hole in his cheek, which is like pretty it, it sounds more graphic than it is, but the way that it strikes him and it bulges out his skin a little bit, you're like, Oh shit, like dude just got shot by a laser. You know, yeah. like, and it's it's not it's not really that corny because it's not over the top like lasers in a James Bond movie during the sixties. You know what I mean? It's like very yeah. like you don't ever see them except for where the pinpoint of light from the camera hits. So it's like, yeah, in real life, if you were struck by a laser, you wouldn't know it. You would just be burned. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that. And uh, yeah, but Doctor Ruth, man, like, here's the thing: Um, if I was quarantined in that building. I would definitely hook up with her. This little curly hair. She was hair. cool. Yeah, she was cool. She was kind of like stout built, right? She's not overtly sexual, but her intelligence is sexy. And she has curly hair and glasses. And I'm like, damn, she is definitely DTF. That's down to fuck, people, if you don't know what that means. And Dr. Ruth was all about it. Definitely all about it. Plus, I mean, it's unusual casting, too. Like, she's like a BBC actor from Canada. She's done a lot of a lot of theater. Her name is Kate Reed. But uh, I was just thinking, like, man, yeah. Uh, and the only reason I know that is because I Googled her because of this movie. I was like, oh, Kate Reed, let's see what you, else you've been in. <laughs> but Yeah,
1: this had a pretty unrecognizable cast for the most part. Um,
0: yeah, well, the author, I think his name is Arthur Hill. He's also another big... There's a lot of Canadians in this movie. This is basically a Canada movie. Um, huh. They're all, like, all Canada slash BBC slash London theater. Like, they went that's true of every casting. I mean, if you look at it, like certain casting agencies cast the same collective. They have their favorite actors, their go-to actors. Um, some of the faces I recognized though from TV and film of the time and I couldn't place how I knew who they were. But some of them I've seen in other other things, you know, so.
1: Yeah.
0: Um So there's that. I was pleas- pleasantly surprised that I liked the original. I vaguely remember watching the remake on TV, not really liking it. Um I know a little bit about the book. I've read some of Crichton's other stuff. Um, like Eaters of the Dead, I like, which is, I guess, like a fantasy. It's based on a Beowulf myth, and it's like his only non... Um,
1: like science fiction?
0: Yeah. Or... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want
1: to point out, like, I don't know if you knew this going in, but, like, this movie, what would you, if you didn't already know, what would you guess this movie is rated? Oh, it's rated G. Yeah, isn't that fucked up? <laughs> like, this
0: Well, like this
1: movie this, has butts, boobs, and, like, fucking crazy shots of animals dying, and I know it was, I hope it was fake, but, like, I mean, it's traumatic to say, to show to a little kid, and yet it says, oh, well, anybody can watch it.
0: Yeah, I don't remember boobs. I remember, like, cleavage, like, cleavage level things, and again, well, they were teasing me Dr. Ruth. I was like, come on, here we go. This is it. <laughs> like, uh, and it's an unusual, tra- I'll admit, it's a very unusual attraction, but she was, she was swaggering with sex appeal, I don't know why, but she was. Um, and I can see why they won a production design award, it's, it's almost like, um, what's that outer space movie, where it's like, uh, where the monkeys get the stone computer, and then like...
1: 2001?
0: Yeah, it's like a 2001, like, everything's like, done so well, the colors, and the building has different levels, and each level has a different thing, and they're supposed to be like, self-contained if there's contamination... So when you're working on a certain floor, you have to wear, like, a certain uniform. Like, there's one hallway that's red, so your jumpsuit's naturally red. The yellow one, you wear a yellow jumpsuit. And then you burn your clothes. Then you take a decontamination shower. All those crazy, like, you know, safety things in place. But yeah. the like, it looks like they built a lot of things. Like, their robotic arms look like they could really move. The cages opened up. Like, a lot of movies now, they have, like, really crappy, like, Bluetooth headsets for people in outer space, do you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh they went to the dollar store and picked up a headset for their astronaut, you know. Well
1: Um, I read somewhere that like the set the cost of the main set of the station was like three hundred thousand dollars. Oh it was probably like like, nineteen seventies dollars.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it was probably like pretty much I would say that they that's must have been the core of the story, right? So they that's probably where they focused all of their concentration, like that and it is in a way, the base or underground facility the laboratory is like another character in the movie you know so it's pretty interesting um the computer simulations were kind of cool too like how they set this up like oh this is what it looks like this is the form of this you know biological thing and uh but it's interesting like the politics come out at one point they're like oh you were trying to weaponize this thing this entire time (laughs) you know what i mean yeah that's how you got i was sitting there thinking like Why would they build a facility like this? Why would they let these scientists just play around all day? You know? Oh, there we go. That makes sense. You know? And also, why are they the safest people? It has some weird cuts, though. Like, they amp up the the scariness of the situation. Like, when they just cut to the jet pilot, and all that green Mm. stuff is just coming out of his mouth and the sides of his mask. It, like, comes out of nowhere. Like there's no natural, there's no natural cutting in this movie. Like, yeah. you know, it cuts to like, oh, suddenly this whole entire floor is contaminated because the thing must have eaten its way through all the, the sprockets or whatever, and you're like, what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> you're like, all right, you know, and then all of a sudden the nuke is gonna go off, you know. Man. And then what? And then, I don't know. I mean, we've told maybe I don't know. We've told maybe half the story, but we didn't spoil the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, this was like also directed by uh you know, like I think two time Canopy Award winner, Robert Wise. I mean his his two of his movies have won Best Picture, uh um Sound of Music and uh West Side Story. Um he also directed Earth Day of the Earth stood still, the original. Like he's a dude, that's a great movie. Th- yeah, he's so he's down. like a big uh big ad uh, director of his yeah. time.
0: Dave the Earth Stood Still, an alien robot comes down and says you're fucked.
1: You know, um, I you know I've still yet to see that. I think I even own a copy of it.
0: Oh really? Hm. Yeah. Dave sent me a copy of this movie, folks. I'm sure you can get it somewhere. Uh, it's actually on all the majors. Prime. Yeah, you
1: can read it on Voodoo's, your, yeah. your Amazon Primes, your Google's. Yeah.
0: Your googly googles. Googly googles. Yeah. Again, we're improvising, folks, because we had like, a whole different march planned for you, but this is where we're going. We're going to play these viral hits and see where they take yeah. us. Yeah.
1: yeah, if we had, like, one of those, like, radio-style shows, we could, like, have, like, a, you know, an emergency sound in the beginning, you know, <laughs> interrupt your scheduled programming. I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but,
0: uh, uh... The other thing I wanted to bring up is, like, people are passing around this trailer online. It's fake. It's not a real A Nightmare on Elm Street on Netflix. This big thing that's happening, like, in the last hour or so. Like, it's trending online. It's not... Netflix did not pick up A Nightmare on Elm Street to make it a new show. So, uh. you know, fans are rabid. And they have, apparently have a lot of time on their hands. Like, like, I'm... Like, I don't know. Fans spend a lot of money on their movies. And they spend a lot of money making fake versions of the movies they love. Like, a, like there's, like, what, a handful? There's at least five people that have spent money to make a Batman movie. You know, oh, way
1: vitro- more than that. You
0: think so? Yeah. Well, the most notorious is like some guy spent like $45,000 on the one where he choked the do- Joker to death. Then um, there's, there's also that one where is Batman fighting the Predator or aliens? And it, they, I mean, there's a comic book where that happens, but um, I think somebody made a fan film where like the aliens come out of nowhere, I think. Mm. Um, one of the best fan films. Did you ever see the Predator Mid- Middle Ages thing? Uh Uh-uh. Where a knight was fighting the Predator, like, in the Dark Ages. That was pretty cool. Huh. That that might be what it was called. Predator Dark Ages. Anyway. Yeah, we're going to rock out these viral hits for, like, the rest of the month, probably. And if we come down with coronavirus, well, we'll just stay home, we promise. And, uh, well, that's what's great about podcasts, man. Like, um, if you're stuck in a self-quarantine, just listen to your favorite podcasts, like Binge Watchers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll suggest movies to watch while you're stuck at home during quarantine. Yeah. Uh